the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today I want to talk about the reunification of ourselves. We've become divided within our hearts and minds, and we're in need of healing and repair. We've become imprisoned, and we're ne we need to be set free, like St. Paul with those precious chains that we venerate today. Or St. Peter, forgive me. In St. Paul's epistle to the Colossians, he speaks about Christ's appearing, that epistle that we heard today. And in anticipation of Christ's appearance, he says this, Therefore put to death what is earthly in you, fornication, the Greek there is porneon, the pornographic acts, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry, Put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, foul talk. Do not lie to one another. Now I ask you, which of these things would you do? Which of you would become so angry and filled with wrath that you'd violently kill another person or heartlessly watch someone die? Which of you would meet up with an acquaintance so that you could verbally assault them in public? using hateful words and accusations? Which of you would encourage or participate in adultery or promiscuity? Which of you would choose friendship with a person who constantly blasphemes God, using our Savior's name as a curse? These are things that most of us would never do. Yet these things and worse are what so many of us watch day after day for entertainment, on our screens, our computers, our smartphones. We've created a division within ourselves between real life me and the me that's watching something. Between the things that I do and the things that I watch. Yet this division, this bifurcation is a deception. We're not two, but we're one. It is one heart, one soul, one noose that particip participates in both in the screen life and in real life. When St. Paul writes against all of these things, impurity, passion, evil desires, fornication, wrath, anger, malice, blasphemy, he's writing it to you and me who participate in these sins. These are our sins. Please understand that I don't say this to chastise you. After all, I'm not immune. Rather, I've been, taking a serious, I've been talking in a serious way about this because we need to be awakened. We need to be awakened from the spiritual slumber that enshrouds us when we go to look at our screens, when we go onto the internet. We live in a very difficult time when so much of our life is consumed by staring at a screen. It's so hard to take even the smallest steps to wean ourselves off of this dependency. But weaning we must do, lest we allow it to incrementally take over more and more of our life. This is one of the lessons from our COVID era, isn't it not? We have learned how easy it is to become more and more dependent upon the internet for entertainment and distraction and as a coping mechanism. We've seen a dramatic rise in our dependence on the internet, an increase in isolation, and our acceptance, though at times begrudging, 
of a life lived increasingly through the lens of technology and alternate reality. We've been drawn into the net, the web. Are these names an accident? And this is being encouraged by big tech companies as a good thing. Yet we remain unsettled on the inside. Our hearts cannot have two lives and be at peace. We cannot find rest by pursuing the passions. And we cannot watch sinful things without also participating in them. In the near future, we'll be invited to abandon our real life in favor of our screen life. This past week, I read a prophetic short story written about 100 years ago by the English author E.M. Forster. It's called The Machine Stops. He imagines a future in which everyone has their own hexagonal room like a honeycomb. And everyone stays in their armchairs in their own private rooms underground, communicating through screens and having everything brought to them. The machine provides for every need. The protagonist of this story tries to awaken his mother from her armchair, saying, and I'll quote this, Cannot you see that it is we that are dying, that down here the only thing that really lives is the machine? We created the machine to do our will, but we cannot make it do our will now. It has robbed us of the sense of space, of the sense of touch. It has blurred every human relation and narrowed down love to a carnal act. It has paralyzed our bodies and our wills, and now it compels us to worship it. The machine develops, but not on our lines. The machine proceeds, but not to our goal. He wrote this in 1909, before televisions even existed. And though we don't live in hexagonal rooms, we choose to spend so much of our time in our chairs and couches, sitting in front of screens. We've accepted artificial human relationships through social media rather than real relationships with flesh and blood. And in doing so, we've removed compassion, patience, sympathy, forgiveness. Where are these in Facebook and in Twitter? We've filled our minds with passion-filled images, images that we would be ashamed to view if we had sitting next to us a holy person, a saint, or Christ himself. Images that we can't remove from our minds. But we say to ourselves, it's just a show. It's just a movie. It's just pretend. My brothers and sisters, it's time for us to awaken to begin the long journey of becoming unenslaved to our screens. I'm not talking about abandoning computers, just becoming unattached to them. Don't despair, the journey begins with one step. So here are a few things to guide you along that journey. Listen to the quiet voice inside of you. There is a very real harm to our souls when we watch sinful things and when we write cruel words or harshly compare ourselves and others on social media. We know this, but we ignore our conscience and continue to harm ourselves with what we watch. So listen to the voice inside of you. Second, don't take this lightly. Our lives are becoming ever more centered around our screens. We must begin to break the fetters because our world will only enslave us to this more and more and more. 
Third, don't despair. Right now you're probably all thinking, hopefully, about how many hours a week you spend in front of a screen. But don't despair. Even if you feel totally enslaved to your time on the internet, remember that God is bigger. Imagine yourself like St. Peter in prison, chained and guarded and locked up. Yet an angel of the Lord came and released him from deep captivity. Your deliverance won't come in one night, but know that it will come as your repentance deepens. The angels and the saints can free us. Again, imagine that scene. The angel of the Lord comes and breaks Peter free from those chains. So rely upon them, pray to them, plea for your deliverance from the chains. And lastly, and most importantly, repent. Our avoidance of sin is directly related to our disgust of sin. I'll say that again. Our avoidance of sin is directly related to our disgust of sin. The more you repent, the more you will be disgusted by the sin, and the less you'll desire it. Daily repentance is needed. Confession is needed. I know these are heavy words today, but St. Paul started with some very light words that led to him saying, therefore, put away all these earthly things. He said what? He said, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. In glory. This is how we will appear with Christ. So let us begin this journey of unenslaving ourselves it's a journey that we have gone down for many, many years, but we can turn away from this. We don't have to have these things. May God give us the strength to listen to that quiet voice inside of you, to not take any of this lightly, to not despair, and to repent. Amen.